Three HL one zero four five. So what up, Nashville? Happy Thursday, Brent Doherty, Don Davenport. What's up, Don? Hey, hey, hey. Yes. Hey, Slay. How did me and Don end up wearing the same thing today? I don't know. Y'all must have sent out a um, private um, text. Well, you missed the memo. Yeah, yeah. Y'all didn't include me in the text. Thanks. I'm I'm in a text. You have on with, black. We have on white. I'm representing Coach Mac. Yeah. The man right. in black. Yep. Me and Coach Mac. Two bears on two legs. And black. That's me and Coach Mac. <laughs> two black bears on legs. Is yeah. that where we are? Yep. On two legs. There he is. He's Ron Slay. Hey. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. Hey, I'm in the building. 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 Your bell walk. Two leg bell walk. So we're going to New York. Ron Slay's never been to Madison Square Garden. We could go to an Ed Sheeran uh, Christmas show. Yeah, I think we're going to miss it. That would not be a good only thing I've ever seen at Madison Square Garden. Not nothing against Ed Sheeran. I like him and all, but I, mean, I want to go see the Knicks. You don't Knicks really want to go see Ed yeah. Sheeran with your coworkers, <laughs> no. right? Like you want to go with Man. your significant other. I mean, then you can't fanboy, you know. There he is. He's no, drunk. <laughs> no. I would <laughs> much rather have a, a night cigar somewhere. I do, but I do got Allen Houston number. You can call him, even though the Knicks ain't playing. If they were playing, we'd be in now. Right Allen Houston looks like he might enjoy a cigar. Uh, Allen Houston would definitely enjoy a cigar. Man, that guy could shoot like nobody. Laces. The funny me. thing about him, he had like no arch to that shot either. No, it was it's, like it's in. Zoop. Yeah, it's in. Oh, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> one to two, one to two <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, James on Twitter hit us there at three HL one zero four five. Hunk sounds like the wacky FM DJ Mickey used to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Was it that funny? I like it. I like it when things get to bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. So Mickey uh, would hey. do something like, hey, welcome back. 104 by the zone. Lock it in and rip the knob off. He'd do it much better than me. So, but. so when I started in radio, I was on FM. Yeah. And- Top 40 radio. Where are you? There you Next go. up in sync and followed by Backstreet Boys. I'm Joe. Is that why you use that voice on That's how I learned to speak so quickly. I've never learned to slow down. It's because I only had like two minutes to get an entire Where'd you get the out. growl from, though? All the Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. You don't drink. I don't, I don't drink or smoke. Yeah, that's totally, that is God-given. <laughs> But here's what happens when that stuff gets pointed out to Hunk. He loses it. Yes, yep. Because he, he went through about a month and a half. Because Will Bowling got him. Yep, he ain't had no growl no more. I didn't even know it. I didn't even, seriously, y'all were like, why'd you change? I didn't <laughs> Couldn't know read I the defenses. You like Tannehill. Hey, uh, the guy. like me on Madden. While we're talking about FM like radio station, so a little, little trip behind the curtain. You're right. So when you listen to an FM station that's playing music, not that you would because we're all, you know, zoners here, right? But they have to talk very fast because they have a limited amount of time. So they try to work as many things in as they can. Yep. You you have like 30 seconds if you're outside of the, the mornings, and you have like three minutes if you're in mornings. That's Michael it. Johnson on Twitter says he's always in the building. Oh, our guy. He's in the building. He's in the building. So is that guy. Hey, I'm in the building. I'm in the building. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Big Savagery today say it. Yeah, him and, yeah they gave credit, though. Him and J-Mart said it. They gave credit. I give my boys credit. They gave me, they gave me credit. 
Uh, Nephew Selly on Twitter. I don't know why I pay for Apple Music when all I listen to is at 104.5 The Zone. Wake up and go to work, listen to J. Martin Ramon, then get off and it's 3HL. Thanks, man. That's what it's supposed to be. Good job. Good job. I'm feel like him. I didn't pay my serious bill this month, so cool. Oh, jeez. No, I want all. You us. got a lot going on over there. Lost his license. I mean. Lost his headphones. Yep. Dang, y'all. Checked in, C1. Oh, Lost you my... thought that some things were sacred around here? <laughs> no. Lost my key card. I might as well tell anything. Anything, anything card, that's everything. talked about in, yeah. in breaks is uh, out over the air. Uh, that's see. how it goes. You didn't lose your gun, though, did you? No, got that. Well, at least you got that. <laughs> and my gun license. Got that, too. It's important to point that out. All right. Uh, Zach Cunningham has been acquired by the Tennessee Titans. Not acquired. Claimed. Claimed off waivers. Huge Mm. addition. Are you all in now? Well, yeah. I've been all in. Oh, okay. Are you kidding me? Oh, you like it. I, I like the player. See, we both took it that way. I thought you you were Really? Did I come off as hesitant? Yeah. I was like, what? Well, I feel a lot better when you look at the dead cap space for next year. Dead cap, you, zero dollars. You put yourself in a, a way better position there. Mm-hmm. You can cut him and you're done. Listen, I mean, win a player, go all in. With all due respect to my boy, what was his name? Zach Cody? Cody. Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole. Cole. Yep. With all due Dylan respect Cole. to my boy, Dylan Cole. Who is Zach Cody? He's got to be somebody. Not on this it's team. in my head. Wait, he's a country music uh, uh, DJ. <laughs> he ain't on this team. <laughs> it's yes, it is true. Yeah. yeah. Did you talk like this? Hey, Jason Aldean. Give it was a, a uh, Disney show, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So who who leaves? Zunbar? <laughs> That's not even Zunbar. how you say his name. Oh, this is where we are. No, I'm, See, and I'm sitting there looking at it. And because of this conversation right here, right. everybody should freaking right. be all right. in on the fact that Zach right. Cunningham is now on this oh, roster. You're right. Huge. And here's the deal. That's He's familiar smart. with the system. Yeah. He likes Coach Braves. Uh, Shane Bowen, clearly, too. He was there, too. Shane Bowen was there. Good. He knows terminology. He knows the system. It's back to what fits his style of play better, I think, because I think Texans are Texans are four three, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is this is much more in line with what Zach Cunningham does, um, and so here you go. So top to bottom, and then on, I mean, the obvious one. It's not going to handcuff you for the future. Now there are people out there that will say, "Who cares." You deal with cap space when you have to deal with cap space when you feel like you're good enough to be on a run, and let's hope that they feel like they're good enough to be on a run here. Now, the Again, only hesitation— it's better than Dylan Moses at—what what was his name? <laughs> Zumbar. Oh Dylan Cole. No, that's an, it's a different guy. Ah, uh, Cole. Zubnar. The Zubnar. It's like we're talking about hockey players. Right. So the reason that you guys thought that maybe I had a little hesitation, which we'll hit we'll hit Greg Cosell on Cunningham and what he has shown on tape. Um because I wonder if the effort level has been there all year long, because it's very clear that he's been wanting out, right? But the reason you probably hinted some hesitation from me was because uh, first of all, he fell so far um, before, like no other team claimed him prior to this. And the reports are that he missed, you know, a, was late for a practice, was late for a COVID test, stuff like that. Now, was that done just because he wanted out? 
And if anybody's going to know the kid's work ethic and and what he's about and probably what's going on, yeah. it's Mike Vrabel, right? right. Shane Bowen. Yep. So let's get Kenneth in here real quick. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Always a number. Hey Kenneth, what's up, man? Hey guys, how you how you all doing? Happy holidays to each and every one of you. Thank you. I'm in on the uh, Zach Cunningham pickup. Now you all mentioned about him being familiar with Vrabel uh, and and Bowman, but he's also familiar with our conference. You all said you give him seven to ten days. I give him this weekend. I think he can play. Tell me what you think about it. Have a good uh, uh, rest of the year. All right, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for calling. I think I. That's what we. Were, I think we were leading to. I think you don't. You don't think you're going on something? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And then I was looking at hundred percent the depth chart. Excuse me. That's how we even got to it. Like you got Dizub Dizubnar Nick Dizubnar. I mean, he's a special teams guy. Oh, so he's just right there in the slot. And so is Dylan Ross. <laughs> See? <laughs> Whatever. And I was wondering how you do You got we his go... first name right. Good job. Dylan. Cole. 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 Dylan Cole. Dylan Ross. DC. Four letters, R-O-S-S-C-O-L-E. Um, <laughs> but then I was I was looking like, man, the, man, we are woo, banged up. And yeah. I, I think what you got to do is go look at the roster. Of guys available, and then you'll really understand, like, ooh. But if Rashawn Evans, and then it's a no brainer. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this ain't even in question. And And you you, said David Long didn't practice, right? David Long didn't practice. But Rashawn Evans, that's two days in a row. Okay, so that's one back. Jayon's back. That's two. You still need depth. And those are your three. There you go. Yeah, so it works. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. When we come back, we'll visit with the man that watches all the film. And can break it all down. Greg Cosell joins us next. 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Three HL 104.5 The Zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, Ron Slay. Broadcasting live tomorrow in New York City. Hey, hey. hey. In advance of Army Navy. Looking forward to that. Yes. Hunk producing the show. That's the origin of the Boom Boom Room right there. New York City? The USS Intrepid? Yeah. Around now. Huh. Times Square Sheridan? That's right. Ray's Boom Boom Room. Ray Charles? Charles. Boom Boom Room. Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. Ray Kinsella? I would love to see a Ray People fight. People will come, Ray. <laughs> Thank you, Hunk. Oh, that's right. Uh, Greg Cosell joins us now, executive producer and analyst for NFL Matchup. Uh, their games are... Uh, out and uh, they will be uh, breaking those down on the ESPN properties. Senior producer for NFL Films, Greg. What's up? How are you? So you guys are heading up to New York, huh? Yes. Looking forward to it. Army Navy. Uh, well, you probably yeah. I'm sure you guys don't know. There's no way you would know, but I, I grew up in Queens. Hey. Oh, I didn't realize that. So if we go over to Queens, will there be a sign in like a plaque on the building that says Greg Cosell was here? Pro- probably not, but uh, <laughs> but Ron will appreciate this. You guys are probably too young to know this, but Ron will probably appreciate it <laughs> given his basketball background. But when I played basketball in high school, my claim to fame was I went head to head against Ernie Grunfeld. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, how, how, how was he? How, how was he? How did he in high go? School? Yeah. Needless to say, he got the better of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he could really shoot, Greg. Well, in, in high school, he was the same 6'5, 235 mm. that he was, you know. And I was in high school. I weighed about 180. So uh, he, mm. 
he got and in fact it's amazing how you remember this stuff i actually remember what his statistics were in the game and so <laughs> so i i i'll truly embarrass myself even further by saying that he had 36 points and 25 rebounds Jeez. and i didn't <laughs> you didn't offset those numbers great <laughs> no 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 hey but ron i was honorable mention all city in basketball you know new york hey. okay what about bernard king you Straight ever run up against him <laughs> no no because you know ernie grunfeld went to forest hills high school in queens and you know and i went okay. to francis lewis high school in queens so bernard king went to fort hamilton high school which is right at the tip of the verrazano bridge you know at the end of uh at the end of brooklyn going into staten island Wow. That's wild. Right I love there, it. Man. Absolutely yeah. love it. At Greg Cosell on Twitter. Uh, Greg, obviously uh, the Titans claim Zach Cunningham today. Uh, they off, did, huh? Off, off yes. waivers. Yeah. Um, I, I know we didn't mention that we would bring his name up, but this just happened. That's fine. So, so oh, no, no, that's fine. What do the Titans get with Zach Cunningham? Well, I, I, you know, assuming that there's no other issues, I'm sure they did their due diligence. You know, teams do that anyway about players in the NFL, uh, that, that's why they have scouting departments. And, you know, Zach Cunningham is a 6'3 player. He's got length. He's got movement. He can play three downs. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was the year before he signed the big contract, he was one of the best stacked linebackers in the NFL. And so he's a, he's a good player. Isn't he? A, is he a, he's a Vanderbilt guy, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So he's so obviously people in, in Nashville know, know, know him. Um, so if he can play to what he is, and get his career kind of back on track. This seemed to be a little bit of a lost season for him for whatever reason. Um, I can't speak to that, but he's a talented guy. He's not old, and he, he brings a, a, a particularly good skill set to the table. So we'll see. I mean, this is – I had not heard that. Did, did this just happen? Yeah. Yes. It happened uh, while we were on 30 the 30 minutes ago, yeah. Fact, yeah. Oh, okay, because, yeah, I was, I was working watching tape, and I, I did not see that. So, uh, you know, that's that's – Let's put it this way. It's a signing that probably can't hurt them. You know, I mean, who knows what he is. And as a player, I think he's pretty good. I mean, obviously this year didn't go well, but I think as a player, he's pretty good. Assuming he's healthy, how, how challenging would it be for a linebacker signed on Thursday to play on Sunday? Um, I think it would be pretty challenging unless, and this I do not know, unless the concepts and the scheme are similar in other words that the the coach of the uh i'm which they're probably not because lovey smith's defense is nothing uh like the the titans defense in my view you know to a large extent so right. but Vrabel um, was there in yeah. houston well, so, was, Vrabel, so, was so was bowen yeah yeah so there you go so they know him that's the reason they probably signed him because they know him um, and I'm sure they could give him some some stuff. Like I, I would imagine he wouldn't be playing 60 snaps, but could he play some snaps in a given package? Yes, he probably could. Yeah, and that makes sense because Rashawn Evans has practiced this week, uh, and Jayon Brown is is back. I think so. You know, maybe maybe they could work a little package in for him. I don't know. Yeah. So, but uh, it's a really interesting signing because uh, you know, I don't know what the plans are for the future. Obviously, right now, they're just trying to get into the playoffs this year and get a good seating. So, you know, I don't I don't know what all that means. None of us do. But uh, it's a good signing. Tell hey, us Greg, yeah, real quick, ahead. you just mentioned uh, you hadn't seen it because you were watching film. I'm just nosy and curious. What are you watching right now? <laughs> well, I was watching because you guys are playing and I hadn't gotten to him yet this week. I, I was watching Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Which is exactly who I was going to ask you about. 12 I games in. Timing. 12 games uh, yeah, in. What are, you, what are you seeing? Um, you know, 
it's it's a really tough evaluation for a number of reasons. Um, he's on a bad team, and the O-line has been a significant issue in pass protection. So Lawrence has rarely been able to settle into games and get comfortable in the pocket. So because of that, or I don't want to say because of that, maybe it would happen anyway as a rookie quarterback playing, you know, in the NFL for the first time. But Lawrence, much of this season has played a little fast. He's been unsettled in the pocket. Maybe it is a function of the accumulated pressure over the course of the season, regardless of the reason he needs to settle down, find a comfort level. Um, you can just see it watching the tape. Everything seems to be happening really fast. Um, his ball placement must become more consistently precise for him to take the next step in his development. He misses too many layups. Mm. And then every once in a while, you see the flash and you say, wow, that's that's pretty good. But there's just um, a, 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 an inconsistency to his game. He's on a bad team. Look, studies have been done. I spoke to a quarterback coach for another team this summer who, when he got to that team, had them do a study. And the number one indicator of success as a rookie quarterback is the quality of your team. And, and so the idea that a quarterback comes in as a rookie and raises the level of a lousy team, th that's not really proven. That rarely ever happens. It's really more about the team for a young quarterback. Yeah. Sticking to the quarterback position, uh, we were having this uh, debate. I'm, I missed your visit last week, but I, I'm curious. Uh, with, with Ryan Tannehill against the Patriots, obviously he's limited, right, with, with what he's got on the outside and what he's got yep. behind him at running back and, and, you know, the hodgepodge at offensive line, constantly changing guys. But I saw a few throws, Greg, in that Patriots game that made me nervous where he had a – he had a completely clean pocket, was able to step yeah. into the throw and still missed guys badly. Yeah. A am uh, I reading too much into that? No, I think, and maybe it's because of the way the season has played out, you know, losing Derrick Henry, losing receivers. You know, there, there's a whole comfort level to an offense that you get used to and you get comfortable with, obviously. And Tannehill does not have that comfort level this year. So, you know, I, I don't think he's played overly well uh, on a consistent basis uh, in the new England game. I thought there were times too, that he dropped back and they, they, I don't want to say they fooled him, but I, 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 as a quarterback, you really want to be in a position where you're not figuring things out as you're dropping back because it takes too long. It happens really fast. And I thought there were a, a number of snaps in that game where he had to try to figure some things out as he was dropping back, and that's never a comfortable position for a quarterback. Right, and the concerning thing for me is uh, even when he gets his weapons back, is he going to you know, revert back to the guy that had all the success the last year and a half and, and, and you know, just pick it up immediately, or has he developed something that, that reminds me a lot of Miami Dolphin Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, and that, we don't know that, and that's a hard, you, you know, there's that, that becomes speculation, and those who are Tannehill fans will say no, he's going to be good, and those who aren't will say, oh, he's not good. So, you know, I don't, I don't get into those kinds of conversations, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, so there's no way to really know that. I mean, look, here's what they anticipated: they anticipated Derrick Henry being the foundation of the offense. They anticipated that they'd get a lot of single high safety coverage because teams would have to put an extra defender in the box to stop Derrick Henry. And they anticipated that they'd have Julio Jones and AJ Brown on the outside working one on one. 
That's what they anticipated. That has happened about for about five minutes this year. So it's really hard to, to make a judgment as to you know where Tannehill stands in his entire career, Brent. I mean, that's a hard thing to to, to really. That's just a, a speculative opinion that you know my daughters could give that an opinion on that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Greg, looking at this team, this defensive um, unit for Jacksonville, they got talent over there. Um, they do. But it, at this point in the season, but... though, is it? Yeah, that's <laughs> like I'm trying to find a nice way to put it. Yeah. Like, do they do they fold tent or do they have guys like I mean? What, what can we expect from this defense, Greg? Just well, anything. I'll say this. Their defense, for the most part, I know they gave up 37 this week, mm-hmm. and then, so people are just looking at that and saying, oh, they're bad. But they've had some good games over the last month or so. Right. Look what they did to, against the Bills, yeah. uh, against um, um, the Colts. I watched that tape from a few weeks ago. I forget what week, but it was certainly within the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And I thought their front seven – beginning about the second quarter of that game was the more dominant unit against the Colts O-line in that game. Their front seven has some players now. Uh, I think it's their secondary. That's a bit of a concern because right now they're playing with Campbell, the rookie at right corner. You guys are familiar with him from Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, Lawson is the left corner. I don't know if Griffin is back this week. I believe he's been in concussion protocol, so he could well be back, but Campbell, the last number of weeks, Campbell's been the right corner. Lawson, who's been with a number of teams, is the left corner. Rudy Ford's been the slot corner. He's actually played very well since he became the slot corner, oh, maybe six weeks ago. He shows up on tape. Yeah. Um, and Miles Jack, in any given week, can can look really good. Um, Wilson is a solid linebacker with him. Damian Wilson, he's been around the block with a few teams, Dallas, KC. So their front group is not bad. It's just the secondary that at times causes a lot of problems. And that's the reason I asked it, Greg, because I, I like honestly, I um <clears throat> going into that game against the Rams, I was like I was like, man, they've given everybody a run for their money at some point have, in the game. Yeah. And that game was just a blowout. I was so I was like, man, did they just fold tent and like Well, you know what? Here's how I'll answer that. And not that we're spending a lot of time on the Rams. But right. the Rams did something totally different in that game, okay. and I guarantee huh. that the Jaguars were not prepared for that. The Rams played with 16 snaps of six O-line personnel, and Sean McVay has been adamantly opposed to six O-line personnel throughout his, his coaching career, so there's no way they knew that was coming. No way. Now, what was and, that, Greg, though? Was that to, what, more run the pre- provide more protection? Oh, okay, all right, all right, okay, run the football. Because – the Rams have had, you know, again, we don't want to spend a lot of time on right, the Rams, right. but the Rams have had to make some adjustments at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've been unable to run the ball. So they sort of made some some meaningful adjustments. And there's no way that Jacksonville could have known that was coming. Do, do you think that at some point we would see something to catch a guy off guard um, with the Titans offense? Or just... The Titans are who they are. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play play action. Um, I mean, I think you'll always potentially see if are you talking about like a trick play kind of thing? No, yeah, um, either script play or like when, when since we were talking about the Rams, when um, Stafford got in trouble, he started rolling the pocket a little bit for him and having a yeah, well, that's roll a, for him. But, but that's also a staple of what they do. Okay, um, you know, so. Look, I think when you're trying to get your offense going, it's not a matter of trick plays per se. That doesn't mean they won't try one. I don't want someone to say, oh, you said they wouldn't do it. You know, they could. <laughs> but I think but I think that 
maybe you look for things that have a, a misdirection element mm-hmm. to them, a deception element to them. You know, you're trying, you're trying to run the ball, obviously, and and there's many ways to run the ball. There's not one way to run the ball. And then in the pass game, you're obviously trying to set up Tannehill so that he has clean, defined reads. And he knows where to go with the ball, ideally, before the ball is snapped. That's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's ways to do that. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, what the Rams did last week. They did have a play to cup for 43 yards against the Jags where um, he rolled left and they had cup show run blocking. And then he released across the field on what's called a rail route. And there's a deception, a misdirection deception element to that. It's not a gimmick, but it's a misdirection deception play. You know, maybe those are the kinds of things you try to do to get your offense jump started. Greg Cosell with us at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Greg, wanted to get your take on this. Urban Meyer was asked today, which position group on the Titans worries him the most when looking at this team? Their offensive line. You know, they ran for 270 against the Patriots. They, uh, it's make no, and I think Julio's probably back. I hear. So uh, yeah, there's there's plenty. That's that's a they, they've done a very good job. I think culturally they've done a good job too. We played that uh, cut earlier, and the, his answer of offensive line kind of surprised a lot of people. I, I guess I would have gone defensive tackle maybe first, but uh, did, did that surprise you that he answered that way? Um, Based on your tape study of the Titans? You know, I think he looks at the team as a whole and how they're built. Because uh, obviously this team is built, even without Derrick Henry, it's still a running football team at its core. So, you know, again, I don't want to start parsing Urban Meyer's brain, you know, because I don't know what's in his brain. Um, but, <laughs> we could go a lot uh, but, of places with that. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, that's why I said that. I figured that, you know, it was a little open ended there intentionally. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so I don't know, you know, how he sees it, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, clearly, I think that the defensive line of the Titans is better than their offensive line if you're just looking at units. But, you know, he that that maybe is something he you know, don't forget, he could have just come out of an offensive line. You know, he could have just come out of a meeting where they spent time talking about the offensive line. You never know. You know, that could have been on his mind at that point. You know, hey, real quick, while we've got you um, that New England uh, uh, Bills game. Uh, we were talking yeah. to Coach Mack uh, yesterday, and he said, did "What did see, he think?" He, 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 he said, "Did you see Sean McDermott losing his mind on the sideline? It's because New England literally ran two different plays the entire game." Yeah, well, the question I would have, and I'd love to, what Coach Mack's answer would be, because he knows coaches, you know, as as people, uh, you know, I know them from watching tape. I mean, I know a good number of coaches as people, but certainly not like Coach Mack. The question I have is, would New England have played that way if it was 50 and sunny? And and I don't think there's I don't most people would probably immediately answer. No, they wouldn't have. I don't know if that's the answer. I think he might have played that way regardless, because I think he believed that Buffalo could not score against his defense because Buffalo has a couple of significant weaknesses on offense with their O-line and their run game. And, you know, I'm not saying he would have thrown it three times, but I think it easily could have been a game where, you know, he might've had Mac Jones drop back 12 times, you know, it it just that he would not have dramatically changed his game plan. That's just my sense. I could be totally wrong. Why is Lamar Jackson struggling so much? Uh, Normally when quarterbacks struggle, they're not seeing things clearly or quickly enough um plays that are designed for whatever reason they don't throw it to where it should go 
Um, these are questions that, you know, these are things that tape shows the why Brent is, yeah. is an unknown. You'd have to have the conversation with Lamar Jackson, but he's clearly not seeing things. He tends to drop his eyes. He's a runner. Um, and what's happened too is for whatever reason in recent weeks, they've not been, he's not been making big plays running the big Bigger factor is he's played three games since week 10 when the Dolphins did that that special defense for him. You, I'm sure you all remember where they put six, seven, eight people on the line of scrimmage and blitzed a lot. He's been blitzed a ton in the three games he's played, counting that game. And his quarterback rating versus blitz is 9.4. So they're having a major issue. And it's not just him. Because then you have, you have protection, you've got yeah. other factors that play into it, but they are not functioning at all versus blitz in their last three games. Gosh, that's interesting stuff. Greg Cosell Great at stuff. Greg Cosell on Twitter. Thank you, Greg. Always love catching up with you, my friend. Thanks, hey, guys, have a great time in New York. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cosell. We're going to go to Queens. Yeah. We'll see where GC grew up. 50 Cent Great. That's right. Yeah. When we come back, Pro Bowl voting. Where are the Titans? Ola Danny. On some of these lists. Uh, we got it for you next on 1045 the zone. Three at Channel 45 the zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, Ron Slay, Belmont basketball coach Casey Alexander joins us now. Coach, what's up? How are you? What's up, guys? How are you guys? Coach, how are you doing, doing well? brother? Hey, hey, congrats on that comeback win in St. Louis, man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. It was a good one. It was a miserable first half, so it was really good when it was over and we had won. I don't know how you guys do it, man, the ups and downs in that sport and how quickly they happen. Um, you're right. You guys fell behind big in the first half, but able to get some shots going. What, what was the key to getting things going? I mean, I'm looking at the shot thing right now, 18-3 to 3 at one point. Oof. Yeah, that, right. The shot thing. What exactly is the shot thing? <laughs> I don't know. How'd you get it going? <laughs> hey, guys, go yeah, out we, there and get that our, shot thing going. <laughs> we missed our uh, first sh- first eight shots out of the gate. Three of those were air balls. We're down 18 to three. And honestly, didn't really play a whole lot better until about the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, we found a way to hang in there. Uh, and then we were exceptional down the stretch, which was good to see. So what's your message as a coach at that point? Just everybody calm down? And let's let's do what we do. I mean, I, I don't it was know. more telling myself to calm down. Uh, I was uh, for the first half. Uh, all I was trying to do was avoid assault charges, uh, literally. And so uh, we, we had some we had some hard timeouts. Uh, but guys hung in there. I mean, you know, you, you you really you try everything as a coach in those circumstances. You you try to pump their tires a little bit. Sometimes you challenge them. <clears throat> Nothing was working though, so it didn't matter what I tried. Uh, they figured it out on their own. <clears throat> coach. How you doing, man? Um, I, I I got a guy on your team that I really really love, and that's Grayson. I mean, this 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 kid here, man. I, I, what does he not do for you, Coach? That's that may be that may be easier. Grayson Murphy. I, what does he not do for you? Yeah, stat sheet stuffer. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, if he were a, uh, you know, if he were a a real weapon as a three point shooter, yeah, uh, he'd be an all American. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's, he's just not a natural scorer, uh, but. But he finds a way to get the job done. But you know, no matter what, you're gonna. I think he's got five games already with five steals or more. Yes. Um, out of eleven games, and so uh, I mean that's phenomenal. Uh, you know, you look up at the end of the game and he's got you know six, eight, nine rebounds and you know and a bunch of assists and very few turnovers and several steals and so he's just he's such a 
luxury for me. He makes everything run smoother. Coach, you got veteran guys on your team. Um, how, how did you have to do a lot with film, uh, a rah-rah speech after the game like LSU? Because after the LSU game, <laughs> where they couldn't miss anything, uh, like I, I watched that game, like it was that was not all of y'all. That was a lot of them just throwing up stuff, throwing lobs, just going in like it was ridiculous. But yeah. Perfect storm, really. You know, we we got what we deserve. I'll say that first. I mean, we Mm -hmm. they were great and we were terrible, and that's a really bad combination when you're you know playing on the road in an SEC with against the top twenty five SEC team. And so, I don't want to take anything away from them, but it was it was a very atypical Belmont performance. You know, our players are smart enough to understand that. Uh, We didn't dwell on it so much. I mean, we we definitely watched a lot of things on film that we could have done better. Um, you know, we talked about everything that we needed to talk about, but, you know, luckily for us, we didn't have a whole lot of time, you know, exactly. to worry about it. We, we had the event in Orlando. We played LSU on Monday, and then we played Thursday, Friday, Sunday in Orlando against three really good teams. We didn't know who we were going to play, but there were three really good teams, and, and so we just had to move on, like it or not. And that was the thing. You guys rebounded. With a veteran group like that, it ought to be easier going into conference play but you guys played everybody tough, whether it be Iona with Dayton, like all of these teams, and not only just talented teams, but well-coached teams also. So you had to you had to come with your game plan too. Yeah, no doubt. We felt like our backs were against the wall a little bit. We definitely right. felt like we had something to prove. You know, yeah. I'm going into that week, you know, trying to figure out how we can avoid a sweep, and uh, you know, especially after the LSU game. And you know, Drake's a top 50, 75 team, and picked to win the Missouri Valley, and Iona. Mm-hmm. It's the same and picked to win their league and we had just come off their win against Alabama, yep. and, you know, and then, and then uh, we get Dayton in the finals who had just beaten Kansas and was playing exceptionally well uh, down there. So we didn't have time to sit around and worry. We had to play and it was, it was, it was nice to have such a veteran group though. I mean, our guys, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be in this situation again as a coach where you have so many, not just veterans, it's one thing to be old, but these guys <laughs> have accomplished a lot, right, you know, right. and, uh, and, and they've, you know, they've done a lot of good things, and I can trust them. And I think they, you know, they know that the formula works, so that they did a great job of staying with things. You going into this season, did you think a lot about your non-conference schedule? Um, the way you guys got snubbed last year, you ain't got to say it, but I will say it. You guys definitely got snubbed last year. So, did you think about your non-conference schedule this year going into it? Yeah, we did uh, a little bit more than normal, but mm-hmm. truthfully, we've you know, we've always played just about anybody that would play us. Right, uh, right. You know. COVID worked out last year and we lost, you know, just so happened the games we lost because of rescheduling, we lost all of our best games and we just didn't have anything to show at the end of the year. So this year was a little bit more like a normal year, but intentionally, you know, went into it saying, Hey, we just, you know, we've got to, we've got to beef beef this things up as, as best we can. And, you know, we've played 11 games so far. I think seven of them have been top 100, 125 teams, you know, and, when you think about there being 350 whatever teams, you know we're we're talking top third, and so it's been pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Slay mentioned Iona. Did uh, did Rick Pitino have anything uh, grandiose to say as you shook his hand after the game? He was pretty quick. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty quick getting through that line. I would imagine yeah. so, Coach. <laughs> I love it. He didn't care who I was, who we were, who anybody was. You know, he just kind of moved on to the next thing. He looked good, though. I tell you, he looked really good. He really does. I'm All glad right. you spanked him, Coach. I'm man. I got a move. I got a bone to pick with Coach Patino. But good job, Coach. Conference schedule coming up. Uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you here in a, in a few weeks, and, and good luck moving forward, man. 
Always appreciate you guys. Good to talk. There he is, Casey Alexander, trying to avoid assault charges in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, phenomenal. Five o'clock hour coming up. Stay tuned. Three HL 104.5 The Zone.